Well, hello. Welcome back to It's the Fab Collective with Lucy Mitchell. I was not even really planning on recording an episode today, um, but I just got to thinking, why the heck not? Um, I am sitting here in full tax mode, which is like my most favorite and least favorite time of year. But, you know, it's a dirty job and somebody has to do it. But I don't know if you are like me. I get some of my most creative and interesting ideas while working out. I recently gotten back on the Peloton. And so yesterday I was doing this 20-minute pop ride, sitting there thinking, like, first of all, I've got to get through this. And, you know, I'm trying to keep the cadence up and the resistance up. And all the while, my brain is also kind of going a mile a minute, you know, that ADHD brain. And what kept coming to me was this phrase of storytelling. My husband, you know, he is in the media world and he's had a podcast. He has had a TV show. He has had all the things. And one of the sayings that he has always brought up is the importance of storytelling and not story yelling. I'm reading a book, Stories That Stick. Um, I think it's Kendra Hall. And I'm in that phase where she's talking about the different stories. And I realized I love to tell stories, not fibs, but getting to a point, I will tell a story. So as, as I was riding the bike yesterday, I just was like, you know, I'm just getting this podcast up and going. And what is a story that I want to tell? Because I'm going to be sharing a lot, a lot that I feel so many of you will relate to. So I have a story that I'm going to tell you. So um, I believe I mentioned it in the last episode, but, um, and if not, I mentioned it somewhere because again, I'm always talking, but, um, March 2nd is the anniversary of my dad's passing. He passed away on March 2nd, 2015. And last year I would think, yeah, around September, my Facebook completely shut down. Um, it was gone. Facebook took it away from me. And I've had Facebook since the days where you flung panties and you poked people, okay? So I'm thinking like it's 2009, 2008, like when it first came out. There's a lot of history there. There's a lot of memories there. There's a lot of content that I put out. And it was completely gone. Nothing I could do about it. They couldn't tell me if it was an engineering problem or if somebody kept marking all of my content as spam, which when you are in network marketing and in the health and wellness space, that could be in itself a constant reminder of change that people want to make or or they just don't like seeing it. And you can click those three little dots and you can mark anybody's post as inappropriate or spam, which we think is what happened to me. Um, I choose to now look at it as a um, an opportunity to just start fresh, get a new fresh audience. So again, go to the show notes, follow me, check out my website. Um, all that information will be there. But I digress. So going back, one of the things that I looked forward to, but not with joy was the Facebook memory that would pop up of the post that I posted on the day that, that my dad passed away. And that's going to lead into the story that I'm going to be telling you. Um, and what happened is because I have a whole new Facebook, I did not get those memory notifications. In fact, I went the entire day really without even thinking about it. In fact, uh, it took Friday. Today's a Sunday that I'm recording this. And I was with my husband at Top Golf, and I looked at him and I said, Oh my gosh. Um, 
my dad's pat, you know, daddy's anniversary of his passing went by. I didn't even notice it. And he was like, whoa. And I said, did that come up on your Facebook memories? And he looked and he was like, I didn't post anything that day because I was so focused on you and your mom and your sisters. I didn't post anything about it till a couple days later. And I was like, okay, well, that kind of makes sense. So I want to tell you this story about what happened that day. So in 2015, it was actually February 27th, I want to say. I was in San Diego. I'd flown down to San Diego. I was the maid of honor in my best friend and AKA cousin Alex's, uh, her wedding. And that was the weekend that I was throwing her bridal shower. Went, flew down to San Diego. Um, we like had an impromptu engagement party at a bar. I had a great, a wonderful, um, trying to think of what you would call it, like brunch, ladies brunch. Um, and we were just really just living it up in San Diego. Now, I already had known that my dad had cancer. We had known six months prior he had been diagnosed with multiple myeloma. My daddy was a longshoreman and exposed to a lot of chemicals. I'm talking coke, sulfur, um, like steel. Um, some, I'm trying to think of some of the other coal just a lot of toxic things. Living in our hometown of Stockton, California, we have the furthest inlet delta, and it's got a very large port there. And my dad was a longshoreman for 20 some odd years. That's a, a long time to be exposed to a lot of heavy chemicals and, and inhaling a lot of fine um, powders and whatnot. And I don't know the technical terms for it, but you get where I'm going with this. So it kind of was inevitable that something was going to happen. And sure enough, um, he got diagnosed with this blood cancer, and I thought he was doing well. So I fly to San Diego, and we deal with the bridal shower and the engagement party, just living it up. I got my nose pierced. I mean, and in fact, my dad had called me, and I didn't answer his phone call because I was like 20 mimosas deep at a bottomless brunch, and I, that was not a time I wanted to talk to my dad. And I kicked myself in the butt every single day that I didn't answer that call because that was going to be the last time that he would ever call me. So on the day that I left, which was March 2nd, um, I'm flying back and I really, I want to say that I had to, we were living in, I was going to be flying into San Francisco and my flight actually went from, for whatever reason, San Diego to LA and then LA to uh, San Francisco. And so I am sitting in, I got to the airport early. I'm sitting in the, uh, this restaurant. And I remember there was a gentleman sitting to my left and somebody else kind of, they were, they were close by that they could hear if a phone call came in and my sister calls me and she never called, this sister never calls me. And she calls me and she's like, are you sitting down? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm at a bar waiting to catch my flight. She says, you know, uh, daddy's being rushed to the hospital and it's not looking good. And I immediately, I, I mean, it's those outer body experiences that I recall being an utter shock, but very loud. Like, what do you mean dad's being rushed to the hospital? I mean, it still gives me chills thinking about that conversation. And I'm trying to get a hold of my mom. You know, I get off the phone. She's like, we don't have all the details yet. The ambulance just picked him up. He's not very responsive. 
Um, but, you know, we're all rushing to the hospital. Get here as soon as you can. We're going to, you know, they were going to Lodi Memorial. It was a, the neighboring town's a hospital. And I'm trying to get a hold of my mom. I call my husband and he's just like, I, your mom is, my phone is blowing up and I'm like, I need to get home. And he's like, babe, there's nothing you could do from there. Just, you know, I'm going to be picking you up from the, from, I'll be, I'll be there waiting. So I'm of course crying and freaking out. All of a sudden, um, there's another drink in front of me because my plane is now delayed and the bartender had heard the waitress lady or whatnot. So she offered me another drink. And when I could hear my gate calling because I was right across the way, um, I, I go to pay the bill and the bartender informs me that the gentleman sitting next to me had handled my bill. Just focus on getting, getting home. So I, you know, go over to the gate and, you know, ask them. And I, and I know I had a look on my face of just shock and fear and uh, asking them, you know, how soon is the plane, you know, how soon are we boarding? And, and I did tell them, I said, I just found out my dad's being rushed to the hospital. And I need to get home as soon as possible. So if this is going to be any further delayed, I need to be put on a different flight. And it turns out that the gentleman sitting next to me was on the same flight and he had already gone to the front desk to let them know what was going on, that it didn't sound good. And so we board and I'm fighting back tears. My hands are shaking and I sit in my seat. I have an aisle seat and I'm sitting towards the back of the plane and we've got this flight from LA to San Francisco. So it's going to be about, you know, an hour, hour and 15. I can't remember. And the, when it comes time to serve, you know, cocktails, you know, I just wanted water and the flight attendant said, we're all praying for your dad. Uh, here is, you know, here's a cocktail. And of course I took it, but I was just like, okay, this is interesting. And I just, I don't, normally I watch a movie and I'm just praying. I'm praying so hard that everything is going to be okay. And we, we land in San Francisco and I'm shaking, like my leg is shaking. I'm like, I just need to get off this plane. I need to grab my bag. Because of course I checked a bag. I didn't take it with me. And, um, as soon as that we land and they're getting ready to open, the captain asks if everybody could remain seated. We have a guest, we have a, um, a passenger who needs to get off the plane. Her father's in the hospital and everybody stayed seated. And I was able to get off and run off the plane. Now, that wasn't going to get me still the 45-minute drive from San Francisco to the hospital, get me there any faster. But the fact that everybody sat down so that I could get off that plane, still, I'm in a, a major amount of shock. But I remember that. I remember that. And I, you know, jammed to baggage. I grabbed my bag. My husband pulls up. And we take off. Now, at this point, he knows that my dad's already passed away. But he doesn't want to tell me. So I'm just crying. At this time, I used to still smoke cigarettes. So I'm like, sorry, babe, I need a cigarette. So I'm smoking in the car, which I never would have done. And he is driving as fast as he can because he knows I don't know that my dad's already passed away. And I'm telling him this story of what happened on the plane. And like, if it was God or if it was just the universe or if it was just that there were really kind people and he was just shocked. In fact, you know, yes, I, I'll backtrack. We get to the hospital and that's probably another episode for another time because I don't want to be too upset, but 
you know, my, I, I, I didn't know, I didn't want to believe it. In fact, my sisters had said that my, that daddy was sleeping. And of course I know that now that they meant asleep in, in depth, but for me at that moment, I was like, he's just resting. He's letting his body do what it, he needs to do. And in fact, my dad went into renal failure. His liver gave up. And because of his weight and the progression of his cancer, there wasn't a, even time. He wouldn't have even survived a, a liver transplant because they didn't even have one. So it was just kind of, and he had a DNR. And so that's what had happened in the process of me getting there. And I'm glad that I had those few moments to think that, you know, he was there but asleep um but in telling the story even after the fact you know i uh you know with my mom and my sisters and you know what happened on the plane what happened at the airport it was kind of like realizing or or being in this moment of like maybe my dad had a hand in that too so Real, you know, sharing that story, my husband has gone on to share that story on, on TV in other podcasts. I've shared it before because it was something that I feel you kind of just see in movies. You, you don't experience that kind of kindness. And it's, it's like who Moses, I think he parted the Red Sea. Like that's what it felt like on the plane for me to rush up. And I would definitely do that for someone else if that announcement was made. So my whole reason for sharing this story and sharing many stories with you on this podcast is because sometimes sharing a story or your story can bring on so many different emotions or bring light to a situation you may be going through. You know, it it made that moment for me a little bit more manageable. It was still stressful, still sorrowful. It was still a struggle. But being able to share that story, that story has been posted in news articles. Um, I couldn't even tell you the airline I was flying. I can't even remember because I was so zoned in on the human kindness. So when you're storytelling versus story yelling and anything that you do, you have a product, you have a service, you have a story. When you share it from a place of compassion and a place of empathy and a place of emotion and whatever that might be, you have no idea how you're, how positively you can affect the other person. And I know that sharing that story during that, you know, traumatic time in my life, but still sharing, like I did not expect people to buy my dinner, to buy my drinks, to go up to the front desk you know, of the, the, the terminal, the airline, the gate or whatnot. And human kindness was, it was like a domino effect for, and these people didn't know me. They didn't know me at all. And I, I love sharing relatable stories in, in that when, when I share a story like that or, or any type of story, realizing how it can touch and affect other people opens up the doorway to so many other opportunities. If you have a product that you sell, there's a story behind that product that you sell or that, that thing, that widget that you do. There's a story behind that. And if you tell that story, you share that story from a place of love and of kindness and of excitement and of joy and you know whatever emotion you might be feeling because of that, you will see 
how open the listener becomes versus story yelling. So if I close when I close on that note, I just want you to understand that that story, that situation with you know the airline and the other passengers gave me a little bit of light and a little bit of hope in a very sad part of my life. I don't know who those people are. I will never most I will never see them again. But they made a moment in my life a little bit more bearable. Or maybe they could tell that I was probably a looney toony person and probably going to like go ape shit on a bunch of people because I needed them out of my way to get to my daddy. Um, I'm not sure. But if you get anything from this, I, I want you to walk away knowing that whatever it is you do, whether you work for yourself or you work for someone else, there is power behind telling a story. There's relatability behind a story. Think about that next time you do a post to share about your services or your products. Can you add a story, an element of a story to that so that people won't, it'll stop their scroll. It'll stop them in their tracks that they want to know more. Because that empathy that all of those people had towards me began my journey to becoming a nutrition and life coach, to wanting to help others because I was helped so much. So thank you so much for listening to this. Please, in the show notes, I have my email, I have my website, and of course, my Fierce and Beautiful Collective Facebook group. You know, make sure you subscribe, share with all of your friends. We're just getting started. And, you know, I'm so honored to have this platform to share all of what I have to offer and all that I've experienced with the world.